Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Post Chapel Podcast. We're so happy you're listening today. My name is McKenna O'Brien, and I am here with... Noah Davis. Brooklyn Wolf, Grace Morris. Scott Sieber. All right. So, Scott, I hope we're good to be on a first-name basis, but if you don't care, um, we'll just kind of have you dive into what you talked about today, kind of sum it up for everybody listening in case they miss Chapel. Well, if you miss Chapel, shame on you. <laughs> but uh, we, we dove into what it looks like to seek God what it looks like when we as his people are looking to him uh, for guidance, but also just to meet all of our needs. Uh, we we kind of jumped in from um, 1 Kings chapter 19. We followed Elijah's story, and then from that drew out some principles that hopefully are going to benefit all of us and challenge all of us. Absolutely. I think the first the, the two questions you asked were very important. You know, how are you looking to God, and what are you looking for? And when you went through 1 Kings the verse 10, you talked about Elijah was zealous for the Lord. You know, he, he's after the Lord's heart. He's after the what the Lord has for him. And I think as Christians, as followers of Christ, you talked about, you know, not for our benefit, you know, but yeah. like the Lord's benefit, you know, just <laughs> I'm very bad at that praying that way. You know, how is my prayer life benefiting me instead of, you know, praying for what the Lord wants in my life? You know, sometimes it may benefit us, yeah. but it talks about, you know, Jesus told his disciples, they'll know who you are because you love one another, you love other people. Yeah. And I think that's something that convicted me today that spoke to me was, you know, I need to pray for those around me. I need to pray for the Lord to work through me even when it's not comfortable. Um, and in verse 12, it's, it talked about a gentle whisper. And if you're close to the Lord, he, yeah. when he like when you're close to the Lord, he's going to whisper to your heart. He's not going to have to yell. You yeah. know, the enemy will yell. The enemy's really loud. But the Lord, when you're close to him, I feel like he whispers to your heart. I feel like the Lord talks to me a lot in that way. It just kind of set that whisper in your yeah. in your soul. You kind of feel it. Yeah. Well, and I think just like Elisha, we can get to that place mm-hmm. where we're focused on the things that are happening around us. And uh, maybe not necessarily going, God, what are you doing through this? Or what do you want to do through this? Mm-hmm. But we're like, man, these guys aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. And everybody else is failing all around me. And I'm just I'm just done, God. They're coming after me. They're trying to take my life. And we get so focused on ourselves that we completely miss what God's doing around us. Um, that kind of ties in the point you were talking about where you said, look for God in the small. Um, and I'm always really bad about that. So that kind of just stuck in there for me. It's like, you know, he's God and you know, all the power he has. And so you're always looking at like how much he can do, how far he can go instead of like the little whisper that he might leave and not the huge storm. Yeah. Um, and so I really like that, that you brought up today. Well, we have those promises, you know, that God can do immeasurably more and, and that's a promise. And yeah, absolutely. He can, but like that's not the everyday, like the, ever, that's not the everyday, but that's what we expect. We come to, to look for that and we're like, well, I've not seen God move in three years. And it's like, well, maybe, maybe you you're look- looking. <laughs> yeah, you're looking in the wrong way. Yeah, you got to read between the lines, not necessarily just the big picture. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Verse seven, I went back and like was reading before the verses that you were explaining. In verse seven, it says the angel of the Lord came back a second yes. time, touched him and said, get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. And it kind of made me think of like, you know, we go on these journeys and we forget that we need God in every aspect of the journey. We can't do the journey alone. You know, kind of like Elijah, he's giving up on this journey. He's like, I'm done. I just want to die. You know, all these people, like he talks about, all these people are after him. And sometimes in life, it feels like uh, the enemy is throwing so many things at you, and you're like, I'm just done. I'm giving up. It's too much to handle. And we forget that God has called us to depend on him. You know, God wants us to depend on him. He loves us so much that he gives us uh, the scriptures, and he gives us other people in our life, and 
uh, other things to depend on him. You know, yeah. he he's not a God that um, he he just throws you out there and it's independent independent faith. You know, we learn in Genesis, you know, it's not good for man to be alone. He gives us people around us those relationships. For Elijah, you know, he, he was alone right here. He didn't have anybody to go to. He yeah. literally had to depend on God, and we know that God will come through. Yeah. I think the cool thing is we continue to read, of course, we didn't get time to jump into it. But, yeah, I tried to give a short context. But mm-hmm. then if you continue to read, like God's plan was so much bigger than what Elijah was going to be able to see. And he had he had so many people already in mind that were going to continue this work. And he keeps saying, I'm alone, I'm alone. But he wasn't alone. And God was doing things that he couldn't see. Like even though he couldn't see it, like God was at work in other people's hearts doing other things. I really liked the application of this story because I've heard – Bits and pieces. I've grown up in church, so I've heard bits and pieces of the Bible all my life, but I haven't actually personally dived into this. And so I liked hearing like you help sum it up and like apply it in our lives a lot because I feel like it's always easy to like, you know, in English class, whenever they're like, what does this mean? And then you look on the surface and they're like, yeah, but no, I always sometimes forget to go (laughs) under the surface for the Bible. And I really like how you like apply this to our lives now. Can you expand on you were talking about? the Lord is found in that daily grind. Like when you said that, that just hit me. Like, I I don't know what it was. I was really locked in. I enjoyed this message and how you were like talking about it because like coming from an athlete's perspective, like life is a daily grind for me because you wake up, um, you got to get mentally ready for the day, straight to class, practice, whatever. And then it's just a cycle. It's just like literally, it's like you talked about, it's a daily grind. I just wanted to get your um, kind of like you to expand on that. Yeah, and of course that comes from you know this this picture of God speaking in that still small voice. He wasn't in the earthquake. He wasn't in the great wind. He wasn't in the fire. He was in this still small voice, and and, and we do that too often. We're looking for God in these just big, huge miracle type ways. But when you study Scripture, there's only three main times where we see miracles. You see it with Elijah and Elisha, the prophets. You see it with, you know, God calling his people out of out of Israel or out of Egypt, you know, with, with Moses. And then you see it with Jesus in the New Testament. It wasn't it wasn't constant. It wasn't all the time that God was doing these things. Typically, if he's doing these big miraculous things, it's saying, I am God, you are my people. Let's let's get that straight. Mm-hmm. So that's when we have those big pictures. But for for most of us, man, Jesus said it really clearly, like you guys want to see a sign. Like you you keep asking for a sign. You want to see miracles. Like you want to see the big stuff, but like blessed are those who have never seen those miracles and still believe. For mm-hmm. us, it's that daily dependence. It's that daily getting up and, and getting in the Word and praying for others and, and recognizing I depend on God, mm-hmm. you know, even just to deal with difficult people, even just to drive and not get super angry <laughs> and yell all the things I want to yell. Yeah. You know, you oh, got to yeah. depend on God every moment of every day. That's, I think, another thing that popped out to me whenever you were talking about that is, like, there's a lot of times in the Bible where they're like, oh, hey, um, if you're really him, like, do this miracle for me. And it's like, God doesn't work like that. And sometimes we forget that even though it's a different generation, a different age, God still doesn't work like that. It's his world, not ours. We see, like, for me going through Matthew with the baseball team and me doing my own time with the Lord going through the Gospels, the Pharisees and the Sadducees constantly are testing Jesus. If you are the Son of God, if you are this, who do you get this power from? And then they come to him and they want a sign. He said, you adulterous generation, you know, you who lack faith, you know. And then he says, like, blessed are those who've never seen a miracle. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because uh, we're reading a part where most of his miracles were done in these certain cities or countries that it doesn't really talk about in the Bible much. It talks about, like, one or two of them, and he said, like, it'll be 
more for them and the there to be less uh, judgment for them or easier for them to get the judgment because they've seen all these miracles in yeah. these other cities uh, they haven't and it, and for us you know I've I can't personally say I've seen like a a huge miracle I mean I guess a miracle in my life is like God changing my heart every yeah, day yeah absolutely you know constantly you know talking to me growing my heart growing my faith whereas here you know Elijah just sees this crazy stuff yeah and then he's waiting for the Lord to speak and it's that gentle whisper yeah and how fast it fades even even from those mountaintop moments too because with Elijah you see what I mean what ups and downs did he experience I mean he's just had this incredible literally a mountain moment on Mount mm-hmm. Carmel where he's watched these prophets be destroyed and defeated and and God show up in an incredible way but then immediately like he's it's not like he was less human because he is terrified of Jezebel and he takes off running, like yeah. which is like you'll stand up against four hundred and fifty men, but like this one woman, and you're like, no, I'm out. <laughs> I just think it's so funny you get to see in his life just ups and downs to the point he's like, I want to die, you know, I'm I'm done. And I think it's so important to have those stories in the Bible because it helps remind you that even though these people are in the Bible, they are still human. Yes, I have a very bad habit of prioritizing like not even prioritizing it's putting people in certain positions that they shouldn't have like if you're a pastor at church i always think of you as up here even though you know we're both the same god loves us the same you know you're just on a stage every sunday and i'm sitting in the audience i mean i'm really bad about that so seeing these people in the bible that are going through some of the same trials we go through that have the same human emotions Mm. really helps remind me that we all are god's people all going through the same battles all essentially living the same life yeah yeah well, I think something that's been challenging for me is recognizing that no matter what I do, God's not going to love me more, and God's not going to love me less. Like it, he, he doesn't change. It, like, and I need to I need to repeat that to myself because sometimes, <laughs> like, I want to I want to try to earn more of God's love, and then of course, like you said, the enemy the enemy is yelling constantly Absolutely. at us, and oh, sometimes yeah. he's he's trying to convince us like. You don't, God doesn't love you. Or God's like, mad at you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, straight up, I've been a kiss up my whole life. And the fact that I can't kiss up to God and get ahead, it's like, man, <laughs> it's it brings me down a little bit. Because yep. like, you know, it's one of those things I've tried really hard to just be number one my whole life. And it's like, God doesn't have favorites. Nope. God doesn't rank you. I mean, you're all love the same. Yeah, yeah, I think that's important, you know, especially coming from you, a pastor, letting people know that, you know, you have struggles and that oh, yeah. you have uh, temptations and that. You are, you know, still trying to chase after God's heart. Yeah. Um, even though, like McKenna said, God looks at us in the same, you know, whereas we have different roles than you. You are called to be a pastor. Right now, this is kind of our ministry, podcast ministry, whatever. Grace is a singer. Uh, Brooklyn well, leads a G group too. McKenna leads a G group. We all have different mm-hmm. spiritual gifts. Yeah. And just because we are doing that in the sight of other people, they may look at us more holy. We're not. Yeah. And God doesn't love us more because we are, you know, uh, maybe unashamed living and trying to go out and, you know, preach, teach, sing, or whatever, you know, God still loves us all the same, and that's the amazing thing. And you're like, well, how can he do that? It's because he's God. He's divine. You can't wrap your head around, you know, how he can do stuff, you know, like forget your sin and love people equally and send Jesus to die on the cross, you know. It's kind of hard to really, like, sit there and, you know, marinate on it, as we talked about in the Bible study the other day that we had, but that's like faith. You know, you just have to, you know, have faith and believe that God is who he says he is. And we see right here that God is, you know, he comes through every, every time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To like turn it like in a little bit of a direction, like 
going back to like putting um, like people within the church like on a different perspective or like different pedestal than others. Um, like you had said um, when you were teaching, are you faithful to the church or to God? And that like really stuck out to me because it's just like like I interned at a church and you know like a lot of my time and a lot of my energy <laughs> is put into that, yeah. and it can sometimes be overwhelming to the point of blindness. And so um, I guess just like always thinking like, okay, like is my boss, my boss has his expectation of me, like Mm -hmm. I need to meet this, but actually really and truly it's just to the Lord and it's for the Lord's doings, not for your own. So I guess I just really struggle with that in my life. Yeah. That's that Mary and Martha moment where you're trading the good things for the great things and Mm -hmm. and we can do that. It's so easy for us to, it's so easy for us to turn anything into an idol and give all of our time. And Mm -hmm. even again, even church things, even ministries can become idols because they take our focus and they take our heart and it's like and it just doesn't seem as bad because it's a church it's yeah it. yeah it's like this is okay it's a good thing and it's like yeah but it's not what god called you to it's not what god's wanting from you right now like he's wanting you to be a good dad or a good husband in this season and here you are just you know running this van ministry or this feeding people ministry good <laughs> stuff but yeah. is it what god's wanting you to do right here right now yeah. that goes straight into what you said your life should be a response to the grace and mercy of god oh yeah that was one of those that we studied through the book the book of Colossians. It took us about a year, a little over a year to get through it. And that was the one takeaway that just the Holy Spirit just impressed upon my heart is every day is a response to grace and mercy. Every day you're waking up and his mercies are new. Scripture tells us that. It's like you, you should get to respond to that. Like mm-hmm. God has been so incredibly amazing to me. Like how am I going to be toward others? And But I think you you have to – you know, like scripture encourages us, you know, put on the full armor. Like you have to prepare yourself. Mm-hmm. You, you you mentioned earlier, you know, getting ready, getting in the mindset. As believers, we have to do that. God transforms our our mind before He transforms our actions. Talks about in Romans, you know, don't be trans or be transformed by the renewing of yes. your mind, and yes. don't let you know, don't let the world change you. And that is a lot easier said than done because the oh. world, you know, obviously as you know, the world keeps growing, and we reach these these new technologies and like. The world is constantly growing more and more, and there's a lot more not only temptation and sin and distraction, but the enemy is just growing with new tactics. And that's a good point because you got to put on the full armor of God to be protected. you got to have that intimate bond with the Holy Spirit. And for me, like I started praying a lot more for discernment to be able to discern what was right and what was wrong because um, especially like when I went to college, got away from um, like where I trust my dad's preaching because, you know, yeah. I just, you know, I just have that trust where I would go listen to other speakers and I would be like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go test this. Not mm-hmm. because I don't believe. Yeah. I just want to go do my own research. That's right. And if it is like, oh, that's great. You know, I can use this. Or if not, you know, well, I need to find a way, you know, what is, what is right? What does the scripture say? Yeah. And lately, you know, what's been on my mind is, you know, what does God say versus what the world says? And a lot of the times, you know, when Jesus said, I don't come to bring peace, I come to bring a sword, people get that mixed up. You know, mm-hmm. it's not him bringing violence. It's when he came, he's dividing people, you know, because you can't be on both sides. Yeah. You're either for, you're either all in or you're all That's out. It. And you mm-hmm. can't be with uh, with the world and with God. Yeah. He talks about you can't drink the cup of me or the cup of uh, God's kingdom and the cup of demons. And mm-hmm. people, I feel like today they're, you know, they, they're kind of like, oh, I'm kind of a Christian. You know, yeah. they're, they're confused and they don't really understand that part. I feel like, you know, where it's like you're, you're either all in with God That's or it. you're all in with the world. Yeah. No, I was I use um, this website called Bible Ref to help like yep. explain stuff whenever I read, and I read it yesterday, and it talked about how you cannot be neutral on Jesus. Like you're yep. either in it or you're not, and yep. like 
I just like that wording right there, and I feel like it really applies to that. Like, you're either for God or against him, and it's like, where do you want to be? Yeah. Well, and Scripture is very clear. And in the book of James, he says, you know, if, if, you, if you are not for me, you're my enemy. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's one of those, it's it's hard for, because we, we, we kind of heard a soft gospel for a mm-hmm. number of years. Even even leaders and teachers have, have talked this soft gospel, but that's just not what we find in Scripture. You're an enemy of God. You are actively against him. And and that's a scary thought, you know. It's, yeah. it's really scary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think of it like what you were saying, though, is like you think of it, I saw this video the other day, is like you having your foot on two different ladders. Yeah. The more mm-hmm. you go up each ladder, you, you can't spread that far. You either have to pick the ladder you want to climb up with. Yeah. And then just like you say, like something, that verse that stuck out, I've seen it everywhere this week, is Romans 8.31, if God is for you, who can be against you? Yeah. And that's what we have to remind ourselves daily of. Yeah. yeah, and then reading a lot of the New Testament, especially in James, First Peter, and then the Gospels, uh, Jesus and the apostles and disciples that are turned to apostles, they talk about be on your guard, watch out, yeah. be alert, be of sober mind. I'm like, stand firm. Mm-hmm. And I'm reading more and more. I'm like, they say, they're they saying this a lot. Yeah. And there's a reason why. In Jesus, one, he doesn't want us to be deceived. Talking about put on the full armor of God, uh, discernment and those things through the Holy Spirit because we are in a time where many people are being deceived. Yeah. Yeah. And it talks about in the Bible there will be a time where even, the, even some of the elect may be deceived. And that's how I am right now. I'm trying to, uh, that's why it's important to read the word and figure yeah. out, you know, what's the truth and what what does the enemy do? Because Satan's very, Satan knows the Bible very, very well. Yeah. And he yeah. will twist it um, to make it seem yeah. like, you know, it's like, for example, you know, people will be like, well, I can sin because God will forgive me. Well, I can do this because, and yeah. the truth is God will forgive you, but do you have a repentant heart? You know, yeah. mm-hmm. you shouldn't really think, you know, because I do this, God's going to forgive me. Yeah. You know, God is forgiving, but God is also just. You know, God is also of justice because God knows all, you know. Yeah. So I think that's a very good topic that, you know, Christians should look at is putting on the forearmor of God to be ready for those trials because you're going to face them. Yeah. Like you talked about today, like Elijah faced a huge trial. Yeah. He's running from all those people trying to kill him, so... Well, I know my biggest problem is, like, all throughout growing up, I've been involved in everything, like class president, every club, every sport, everything. And so my excuse was... Well, yeah, God is important, but I'm in the world right now. So the world needs to be my focus right now. And that was you talked about an attitude change. The thing that I've realized after like coming here, diving into the word, being able to have these opportunities through campus ministries to really own and grow my faith like it all is about your attitude. I am still succeeding in the world just as much as I was, more than I was in high school whenever I thought that I couldn't prioritize Jesus and everything I have going on. And so I thought that attitude change that you mentioned, like if you don't want to, you won't. If you don't want to, you'll find an excuse not to. Like the attitude change really is number one. That is number one, what you have to do to start growing closer to God to find Him. Yeah. And that's what I found, you know, uh, especially in prayer, you know, we expect that when we come to God, just like Elijah, he came to God and he said, God, I, I want you to save me. I want you to deliver me. I want you to, you know, he gives these kind of, this is really, this is what I'm struggling with, with this expectation that God's going to deliver him, that God's going to protect him. But like God gives him a different direction and then says, hey, I'm going to empower you to go. I'm going to give you endurance. I'm not just going to remove you from the situation. And that's what I found, like when I pray a lot of times, I'll pray about situations and it's not necessarily that God changes the circumstances, mm-hmm. but God changes my heart. And that's one of the things that I just go, it, it's all about having your mind transformed, and but allowing him to transform can, you. Can, and you talk about that, and can you expand on being proactive? Because you talked about, we, we uh, you kind of talked about, we have to move and be proactive, put yourself in a position to hear God. Yeah. 
And a lot of people, I feel like, you know, they have faith, and they're, but they're waiting on God. It's not they're going out and taking that step out in faith to let God guide them. It's like, God, that's how God works. Yeah. You know, you look at Peter uh, getting out of the boat. He sees Jesus on the water. He steps out in faith. Yep. You know, he's not waiting on God to pull. He's not waiting on Jesus to pull him out of the boat and put him on the water. Mm-hmm. He goes out, and then when he takes his eyes off Jesus, yeah. we see that he falls. Yeah. But I kind of just wanted you to expand on, you know, the, the being proactive part with the relationship with God. Yeah. Well, I think that I think it can be scary to get into the Word. I think it can be scary to, you know, to really have a, a genuine prayer life. There's a lot of people that are that are churchgoers. They're, I mean, cultural Christianity is about dead. It's about gone. I mean, it's it has been fading quickly. Like when I remember first starting Bible college, some people were talking about you know, this time is things are changing and and the time of the church is gonna gonna look a lot different in ten or fifteen years. And it has cultural Christianity is almost completely gone. I mean, those who remain have that walk. But I think it can be intimidating, like, I don't really know what God wants. And I think we make it harder than it needs to be. Honestly, read the Word. If you get in the Word, I used to – there were so many things I believed as a, as a guy who grew up in the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents weren't, um, but, but I grew up you know, going to church, riding the bus to church. And so I had a lot of mentors, people pouring into me. And, and I used to just – I had all these beliefs because people had said this or that and poured things into me. And I'll never forget, like, when I started actually reading the Bible for myself, I was like – Oh my, like I was so deceived. I was so misled. I was like, I had, I had a lot of religious ideas, but not a lot of biblically consistent ideas. We had someone come and speak last semester and it might've been Coleman, Dr. Coleman. And the topic was, it's not your parents' faith. And it goes back to like, same with me. I grew up in the church being around a lot of people. And when I started reading the Bible, my own and journaling, which really helped open my mind and grasp these concepts Mm -hmm. and reciprocate them and understand it, get down and like, you know, journal with God, what's, what's on my mind, how am I receiving the word? And I feel like that's like a good place to start, you know, just open your Bible, just read, Yeah, you know, because that's the way to, you know, really grow your faith and that in prayer. No, one thing too, um, when, before I like started diving into my Bible on my own, it's like all these stories apply in so many different ways. And so you, if you look at just the one that you're told in church or by whoever, then you could be missing out on so much that you need to know to grow your faith. Like the story that you applied or not, whatever from the, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. The way you applied that today, it can be applied a totally different way if Grace were to do it or if Noah were to do it or if Brooklyn were to do it. I mean, it just depends on who you're hearing it from. And each perspective is awesome, but each perspective teaches you something different. And so if you shelter yourself and where you're getting everything from, it's like you lose out on these lessons that can really, really help you. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Also, like the perspective thing, it's like so. Like I grew up in church. Like I'm, I'm a PK, and so it's like really hard to to discern like what your parents' faith and what's your faith. And so, like all growing up, it's like all right, like. If dad says that this is true, then it's got to be true. But, like, <laughs> moving out and, like, um, like learning how to do things on your own and things like that, like, that's a, obviously a huge change in your life. But um, just being able, like, like as Noah said, like, to discern, like, mm-hmm. what is right and what is wrong. But if you're not going back to, and referring to the gospel and all of it, then that's you're it. basically yeah. just walking through it's life. It's like McKenna blind. said, I use Bible reference constantly because I want to know more. Yeah, And a lot of the times, like, you— the Bibles, the way they spoke back in that time, it was way different. Their literature, I I, I find it interesting, like the literature of the Bible. You go back and I'm like, what the heck are they talking about? Like, yeah, I'm yeah. Just, I'm, <laughs> I just got to go and read the breakdown uh, from these knowledgeable people that just know what they're saying. That way, I'm not caught off guard. 
or I can help explain it to somebody better, or that way I understand it. And then kind of going off McKenna's point, you know, I've had people ask me, well, so-and-so's a Christian, why don't you do that? Yeah. Or so-and-so's a Christian, it must be okay. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking, not necessarily, you know, that person may be deceived or messed up, or they just, you know, they just had a bad example that day. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, I don't follow a Christian, I no. follow Jesus, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. I follow the creator, I follow the one who set all of this, the one who showed me the way, you know, yeah. you don't follow uh, certain people because just like McKenna said, well, if he does it or she does it, or yeah. like Grace said, well, if she said it or he said he's very Christian, it must be true, and that's yeah. where you got to go and do your own research. Well, I think that's where we need, to, like, every pastor should stand up from the pulpit every Sunday and be like, look, I'm not perfect, I'm about <laughs> yeah. to share some things with you, Word. I hope I got most of it right, yeah. I was trying to lean on the Holy Spirit, but I don't want to be put on a pedestal. Because, I mean, I know I have to deny myself the same way Absolutely. every single day mm-hmm. as everyone else. I have to seek the Lord every single day. Um, and so we're, we're, all, we're all moving that direction with the same or similar struggles. Maybe not the exact same struggle, but very similar struggles. Mm-hmm. And we have things to overcome. But it's hard to do when you have a human perspective which is why our minds have to be transformed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to have the mind of Christ. One of the things we we did this year, you know, we, as a church, we were like, we want to have a vision for our church, and you know, and and we want to we want it to be sound in Scripture, found in Scripture. But we want to create disciples, like that's our heart. And so we said, well, what's a disciple? You know, so and so we had to define what is a disciple truly. It's, we throw that word around so often, but what we came up with is, you know, this is someone who is seeking Christ likeness in action and in thought. And we added the in thought in there because we we get we can get really focused on the do's, the list. You know, we get so caught up in that and it's like, but God's wanting to transform your mind. You can you can do all the right things for the wrong reason. Yeah. You can do them just to just so people look at you and go, Oh, what a wonderful, awesome person. Mm-hmm. You know, but but maybe God's looking at you and going, Nope, you missed it. Like completely miss it that you didn't do it for me. You did it for yourself. Yeah. Well, it talks about like what's in your heart will overflow. Like if you're thinking bad yes. thoughts, like if internally everything is not as good as it seems to be outside, it doesn't matter. What the yeah. people see doesn't matter. Yep. Like it's really in your heart, in your mind. That's what matters. Yeah. I think I hope that a lot of people listen to the point you made. You know, like you were very honest about what you said. You said, you know, not fo- following Christ is not rainbows and sunshine every day. No. You know, you see in when these disciples literally leave everything and follow him, he said, you will be persecuted and hated because of me, because yeah. they hated me, they will hate you too. Yeah. And I think people need to, to know that when you start living unashamed for Jesus, that you're going to probably, you might have more trials, you might have more tribulations, you might have more, you might, you might have less friends. Yeah. Not because, you know, they, they hate who you are, but yeah. they don't want to be a part of, of that because, like I, like we talked about, the sword, it divides the room. Mm-hmm. The name of Jesus, the Holy Spirit divides the room. Yeah. And that that's just how it is. And I know for me personally, when I took on uh, my faith a lot more serious, I saw that happen in my life where yeah. I had to love people from a distance. Um, I had to separate from people, separate yeah. from situations, separate from certain music, separate from certain things I would watch, listen to those kinds of things, be discerned and pray about, you know, is this glorifying God? Is this helping me grow my faith? Is this something that's tempting me or causing me to fall, et cetera? And I hope that people, you know, listen to that. And that's the most, and another important thing too, is being around people to grow your faith and God giving you those people that are going to hold you accountable. Like accountability is like, oh yes, uh, it's it's going less and less and less. And for me, the more I grow as a man, you know, I've, I've, (laughs) Ask God to help me be accountable, yeah. you know, and I luckily have those people and blessed to be around those people that are helping holding me accountable in my faith. Yeah. 
when you went through that process, I mean, a lot of what you're going through is is you're changing your metrics. Mm-hmm. We, we've done this in the church for far too long. We we look at the church and we go, oh, well, it needs mm-hmm. to be this, this, and, but we use human metrics. We use business metrics. We use you know worldly metrics, and the whole time God is God is saying that's not how I'm judging you. Like I'm not concerned with the same things that the world's concerned about. But when we learn when we learn to change our metrics, you know that maybe it's not as important to have all these followers. Maybe it's not as important to have all these friends. Maybe like having one really Social good friend. Social media has done an awful oh, job of that. It's awful. Yeah. It's so yeah. bad. People just get on and you, and you portray yourself. You put yourself out and project, and that's not really who you are. Let's let's be yeah. honest. You're putting your best self out there. Like I remember when B Real first came out, and everybody was like. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it was so funny because my kids, like, B-Real would come on and, like, they would, like, run and do I'm like, you're not being real. Like, you were laying on the couch. Like, you were an absolute disaster. Like, that was real. And, like, yeah. you jumped up and, you know, took your hood off and pushed your hair well, over and grabbed a book. cool, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> come on. Yeah, you weren't being real. Yeah. No. Oh. When you say going back to changing your metrics, not only changing the way you pray as well. Like we can constantly, we'll pray for ourselves, but like maybe you can pray for something to happen to you, but praying it for that to happen to you so you can do it unto someone else. Yeah. It's like I pray for patience so I can be patient with other people. It's not yes. patience for me, it's patience for around me. Yeah. Well, and, and I don't know if you've ever prayed scripture before. Praying scripture, when I started praying scripture, it, it changed my whole mindset of prayer because there are times where I, I want to pray God's will over myself. Like I want to be in God's will. And so I started I started praying scripture, praying through the Psalms. And, you know, you just read and, and whatever God brings to your mind, you just kind of pray that. And there's a couple little apps, you know, that you can use that are really good, like the Pro- Proverbs and stuff. But you're reading through those. And you're just praying whatever God is saying, whatever's happening, praying that over yourself, praying that over someone else and maybe bring something to your mind. But like in that, you know, you're praying God's will because it's scripture, it's truth. Yeah. And that, but it kept me from like saying those vain prayers of like, you know, oh God, thank you for this day. Thank you for your food. You know, and these, I, I can't stand those prayers. I have seven kids. And so like, oh, wow. when, yeah, when my kids pray, I'm like, bro, come on. Like you just said words. Like that wasn't a prayer. Like those were just words strung together that you've heard before. But praying scripture was one of those for me that really, really took me on a different, different mindset, you know. No, 100%. When you say, like, repeating, like, it's just a prayer that you're saying, like, for me, like, I grew up in the Catholic Church, and so, like, our, our before dinner, any before any meal prayer, not even before dinner, but, like, yeah. like blessed Lord, these nice gifts. I'm like, I had just gotten so used to saying that, and then when I started hanging out with more, uh, with Christian people, with Baptists, like, they'd actually just, like, s- have a whole saying. Like, they were, like, talking about, like, whatever happened that day over yeah. the food and everything, and I was like, oh, like, it doesn't have to just be this <laughs> singular prayer. It can expand great into all these different things. Yeah. I've been trying to, like, fix my prayers that way, like, I'm praying more for God's will and then what I want, but sometimes I forget, so then I'll be like, only if it's according to your will, though, like, oh, only if that's okay with you. <laughs> Just if you say it's okay, God. Yeah, like. <laughs> I'll take this, 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 as long as you give me the thumbs up. Yeah, yeah I think people get caught up in the prosperity part, and God uh. wants to bless you, and God wants you to be successful, but it, it's it's funny because it doesn't work out a lot of the times the way you think it will. Whose metrics are you looking at? You're looking yeah. at what is human metrics. Yes. And God comes through in a whole different way yep. than you ever expect, usually, at least oh, yeah. how I see it and how what I've read. And it's like, I know this is going to, or, or God will show you, you're going to get to this point, Yeah, but you got to trust me through the way. You know, mm-hmm. I've, I've talked to people, you know, it's like, on a long drive through the fog, like you can only see, <laughs> yeah. you can only see. You know, you're probably hopefully going to get to there. Yeah. Point B. I hope you're, whoever the driver is. Yeah, but you got to trust that driver to get through it. You got to have the, the the Holy Spirit lead you through the fog. You know, you yeah. can only see so far. We can yeah. only 
And the Bible talks about, and Jesus talks about, don't worry about tomorrow because yeah. tomorrow has enough to worry about itself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to be focused on the day. Now, what's right in front of you? Yeah. How they always say, like, don't pray for patience because you don't know how you're going to get it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I yeah. did that and I've had to you learn. Know, something, it's like, if you only had today what you prayed for, only have tomorrow what you prayed for today. If you're focusing on, like, what you have tomorrow, you're not going to have anything because you didn't pray for anything today. Yeah. It's all about those moments, those singular moments with God and each and every day, like you said, your daily act, your daily grind. Yeah, absolutely. One last thing I wanted to kind of talk about um whenever you were kind of wrapping things up you said the moment god speaks to me is god's timing yeah i really really liked that i can't claim that that's um, that's all experiencing god that was yeah. a quote from from the book but yeah no yeah <laughs> i i love that you tied that in there because i'm always caught up in my timing and yeah. i forget to think about god's timing and that really stuck out to me and that's another one of those things that we complicate like yeah if god is leading you then now's the time like yeah. it, you don't have to wonder about another it another thing is like you just go back in timing. Timing isn't going to be like a big grand thing that he's telling you. The timing no. will be like, oh, there's that one time you felt, oh, that maybe I shouldn't do that. But then you continue to do it. That that was his timing. That's he it. told you right and there. People right forget then. God is outside of time. Like yeah. time does, is nothing it's to irrelevant. him how it is compared to us. You know, we think about our time. You talk about human metrics where it's like it's on God's time. And yeah. I did a devotional about waiting on God. Because I'm very impatient. I want it. We live in like a microwave society where we want it now, now, yes. now. And I'm bad about that. You know, when I pray, when I pray, you know, a lot of the times I'm expecting it to happen or for God to speak to me in a way. And I've had to learn recently through things that like I had to just wait on the Lord. You know, yeah. I've yeah. seen that a lot. Like in Isaiah, it talks about those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. And that's something that I've had to realize too is like having patience on God to realize that He will come through in His perfect timing. Yeah, it's one of those for me knowing. Knowing the timeline of the Bible helps with that a lot because when you see, I think I mentioned in chapel, like you've got Abram who gets this promise, but what you don't see because it's only a few pages later, but what mm -hmm. you don't see is 25 years took place, mm -hmm. you know, and he was faithful and he waited. Like, I think, have any of us ever prayed for something for, I mean, none of you guys are even 25. Like, <laughs> like we know. I feel like it's, we give like, we give like, like six weeks, six days probably, six weeks at the most, never more than six months. We're like, well, God's not going to do it. Yeah. And like, you got these guys that are like, God, you said, and, and I'm trusting. I'm yeah. yeah. I'm very much a planner. And so like, I understand it's God's timing, but I'm like, God, if you could just tell me when, like, yeah. that would be nice. <laughs> I don't care if it's six months. I don't care if it's six years, but like, can you tell me when? Yeah. And so I'm very bad about like putting it into God's perspective and God's timing. Yeah. Um, Without just, faith, it's impossible yeah, to please with, him, though. No, yeah. Well, yeah, sewing it all back up to like what you said at the literally the very beginning is doing few things well. And one of those few things you do well should be having that God centered life yeah. within you. Yeah, we call it uh, at church, we call it the kingdom first mindset. Yes. Oh, you know, yeah. you've got to have that kingdom first mindset in, in every part of your life, in your, in your family life, in your work life. Like, God is, like, even if you're not, if you don't have a vocational call to ministry, God has called you to something. Like at your job, like if you're if you're working toward a promotion, like mm -hmm. the goal of the promotion shouldn't be a more another dollar in your pocket. Like it no. should your goal should be I want to I want to have more influence for the kingdom. Yes, I want to be able to to have more benefit to others around me for the mm -hmm. kingdom. We got to have that kingdom first mindset as believers, or the world's going to look at us and they're going to say you're just you're just like everybody else. God opened my eyes in a way like that because I always saw it as like a mission trip or a ministry trip was like got to go out of the country, got to go to Africa. And the truth about it is, like you said, you know, for me. My mission trip's right here on campus, you know, yeah. my teammates, those who are lost, the people that hear this podcast that may not have a relationship with God. You know, God puts people in our lives and our work mm -hmm. and our everyday lives to go out and minister to. Like, yeah. you know, like sitting in philosophy is a mission field. <laughs> oh, dude. Yes. No, when I shared that class. Oh. I had that class freshman year and just 
the amount of ministry that you can do Ooh. by bringing God into philosophical topics, like that class is a mission field, oh okay? <laughs> like, no, I, I'll sit in that class and I'll look, I'll look at Grace and if we make eye contact, we're just like, uh, how do we say this without like erupting? Like, well, you want to you, you erupt it, but like at the same time, it's like that, that peers around you, like you don't know how they're going to react, but you have to do it anyway. Do yeah. it anyway. Well, if she starts talking, you start praying. Yeah. If she oh, starts talking, you start praying. You tag team it. And again, it brings yeah. it back to God is in the small. I mean, you don't even have to be talking about him. If you smile at somebody in Walmart one day, that might be enough, you know? Yes. Hugging someone in a Walmart bathroom. Man, I wonder where that comes from. <laughs> that happened to me last week, guys. Just so you know. I mean, were they were they about the hug? I mean, did, was it I, just random? Kind of, yeah. But... <laughs> That's funny. But any final thoughts? I got the pleasure of sitting with um, at lunch today with with Evan and just hearing a little bit of his testimony and he just so wonderfully put um, one of his big part he'll share it tonight but moving he moved from Washington to Nashville and he had his felt like he had God wanted him both as a teacher and as someone who was singing and um, doing worship and that he's like you can't just sit like you can't just sit and wait for God to tell you God is already telling you every yeah. single day and he and his family picked up packed it small trailer moved five dogs two kids and a wife crossed to Nashville, longest road trip of his life. But he said, like, God was telling him in that moment and everything that he was doing, that he wasn't just waiting for it. It is time. Now yeah. is time. Yeah. Thank you guys for coming on here. Thank you for the message today at Chapel. And thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you back next week.